What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Blind Love Abroad with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I not only watch Love is Blind, but study the cultures that the international franchises have come to immerse us in. Today, we're watching season one, episode one of Love is Blind Brazil. Lock in while I clock in, because we are heading abroad. All right, all right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Blind Love Abroad. This is the official first episode of the International Love is Blind podcast. I am your host, Sean Ellis Rogers. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me in your ears. Now, let's get to the shit, shall we? This is a podcast where I am going to recap the international episode. Well, not even recap. I'm going to react to the international episodes of Love is Blind, starting with Brazil, and then I'm going to go to Japan. And we're going to talk about not only just the Love is Blind process in its regularity and and how we've come to know it in the American version, but we're also going to come to know it through the lens of a completely different country, a completely different culture, right? And that's really the main reason why I specifically wanted to do Blind Love Abroad, right? I wanted to do it because I wanted to be the kid growing up in school that got to do the foreign exchange student program. And if that was available to sign up for in my school, I didn't know about it. So I'm just going to say that it wasn't available because I didn't know any kids that did it or know of, you know, that even happening. Like we never got a foreign exchange student. So I always wanted to do that and be that kid to go and explore and learn about, you know, the world and just learn from a different culture's perspective. And I think that this would be a fun social experiment within watching a social experiment. You know what I mean? I think it'll be really interesting to get to know a whole new crop of people, get to know this process through an entirely new lens and just enjoy Love is Blind from a completely different perspective. And maybe I'll learn something about Brazilian culture. Maybe I'll learn something significant about Japanese culture. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be really interesting. And I'm going to try a different style of podcasting with this show. I'm going to basically watch the show and just react to it and, you know, cut out all of the fluff and stuff in the middle so that I don't get sued and it sued, you know, for like not talking over it. You know, I, I, I'm basically going to cut it all down to, you know, fair use and just me talking over stuff or me pausing it and reacting to it and stuff like that. So watch the episode with me. Technically, you won't necessarily be able to keep up because I'm going to cut it down and I'm going to cut out a lot of the in-between parts of where I have things to react to. Hopefully, every episode gives me a lot to say. I notice a lot of the smaller things, so I think we're going to be okay. But let's take the first ride, okay? Let's, let's dive in. Okay, so first thing I notice is as soon as the girls start walking into the women's lounge, it automatically looks like 
a Spanish soap opera. It automatically gives telenovela vibes. And I don't know if that's intentional or if that's just how they shoot television, if that's just an aesthetic thing, if that's just something that they choose to do. I wonder if that's just something that like is a part of how they do things there because it really looks like a Spanish soap opera. The first woman that they introduce on the show is giving Selena the house down. And you know what? Let me know if that sounds stereotypical because I don't want to like throw out all of these random references like Selena and, you know, telenovela and just sound like an asshole talking about Brazilian culture. Wow. Hi, this is Sean from the Editing Bay. And I wanted to stop and say really quick that when I say I don't want to sound like an asshole talking about Brazilian culture, what I was trying to imply was that I'm here to learn about Brazilian culture, not to say that Selena and telenovelas are representative of Brazilian culture because we know that Selena was Mexican-American, one, and telenovelas do not specifically represent Brazilian culture. So um, what I meant by that was I don't want to throw out these references and try to imply that they are Brazilian culture. Do you get what I'm saying? I wanted to make sure that I clarified that really quick because I didn't want to come in already ignorant and then try to, you know, give somebody a completely new heritage. Just wanted to make sure that was clear. Like, I know that I'm gonna feel like the biggest jerk of all time when I get to Japan, and the first time I mention fucking anime, I'm gonna be like, oh my God, cringe. So like, let me know like if that is like inappropriate to be doing. But Barbara Buff looks like she should be in the Selena series. And I don't know if that is an intentional aesthetic for her, but she is fucking beautiful. I also love her tattoos across her chest. She has like a star and like stars and moons around her chest, but it's kind of like in like a cartoonish type of style. It looks beautiful. Now what's interesting is something I just noticed. There's a decor in the men's lounge, the little neon sign that says better together, right? And it's in English, but a lot of the things that they're showing us on the show in the lower thirds are in Spanish. So was, was that, that's confusing for me. The dubbing in this show is so interesting to me. The dubbing, oh my gosh. You guys, the dubbing in this show is so interesting to me. It, I, uh, I wonder what they tell voice actors when they go in and dub real people for TV shows and it's not like a cartoon character or something like that. I wonder what they say because it it doesn't even seem like a lot of the times when people are dubbing things, it doesn't sound like they're even trying to match the people's like expression or the tone of what they're saying. It just sounds like they're just simply translating. And I wonder if they understand that that's distracting. Tiago is hot. Okay, so the couple walks in that's going to host the show. And I immediately was thinking when I started this show, did they fly the Lachaise to Brazil? I was like, I know they didn't fly the damn... L I know they didn't fly the Lachaise down here to do the Brazil version and fly them out to Japan. They better get another couple. Are Clever and Toledo married? Is that their names? Did I get their names right? Hold on. 
Oh, Cle- Clever in Toledo. Oh my God, I'm such an asshole. Clever in Toledo is the man's name. What's the lady name? Camilla. Are Camilla and Clever like a couple? I always wonder how often they have to rehearse this monologue to get it airtight to edit between the couples. Because it's like, do they just use them doing this once? But they also match, like, like, they match footage from being in front of both of them. That is so interesting. Oh! They encourage the women to ask the man to marry them in, in Brazil. That's an interesting turn. I think that that's a very um, interesting way to level the playing field when it comes to this experiment. That's very interesting. I like that. Come on, equality. You know what I'm noticing in, in Brazil? Most of the men are black or most of the men are brown. That is very interesting because they have been talking about how you know, Lauren brought up the fact that Love is Blind in America is editing out the black women from the actual episodes, even though they use them heavily in the in the trailer, right? So I wonder how that's going to work with the international version when most of the men in the lounge are black or brown. That is interesting. Now, mind you, on the women's side, most of these women are brown, but they like light brown. You know what I mean? The Those... You know what Paris means, but I wonder how that's going to work. That's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be sticking, keeping an eye out for or paying close attention to is are they going to edit out a lot of the black people that they showed in the beginning? Because while they were delivering the monologue, while Kleber and Camilla were delivering the monologue about the, the experiment, most of the men that I saw were men of color that looked just like me. I also wondered if they were going to like have only people from Brazil on this show or if they were going to bring Americans from this show. Bring Americans to, to, to do this show. So it seems like it's going to be all people from Brazil or people who live in Brazil, I guess. Okay, so we've met our first player. Her name is Anna. She has short hair. She has this really cute bob. And her first date is the guy that I am instantly attracted to. I think he's so hot. Who is this man? Who is this man? Hold on. It's the guy with the big lips and the flat top he is so handsome to me he instantly stands out physically which i think is shady hudson so i'm gonna keep an eye on on hudson because i think he's the hottest person on the show right now and which is shady for me to say but at the end of the day, like, I am going to keep an eye on him and just hope that he's also a good person and then just see who see who rises to the top for me. But as far as instantly attraction goes, Hudson is so sexy. What exactly is an advertising model? Like, what is the specificity of that? I really need to know. Whoa. 
listen, this is what I mean about the dubbing, right? And I'm not trying to shade the voice actor or the person who they hired to dub this. I'm not throwing shade to that person, but I wish that there would have been some sort of direct, you know what it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me when Faye Dunaway talks about Mommy Dearest and she says that she wishes that she would have had a director that knew when to pull her back. This is what this reminds me of. I wish that the voice actor for some of these people would have had the direction to actually try to mimic inflection or mimic emotion versus just simply translating lines because it's so distracting listening to the voices and listening to these people have these gestures and reactions that don't line up with the actual things that we're hearing because a lot of the times the voices are coming across very monotone but they're jumping around and they're having these extreme reactions and it's it's just very distracting that's all i think they are positioning anna to be the lauren of season one because they are spending a lot of time on her they're running through a lot of her dates at once a lot of the male voice actors are who i'm having these complaints about now mind you we haven't heard a lot of the well i haven't gotten a chance to listen in detail to a lot of the female voice actors because they've spent most of the time on anna now they finally introduced another guy like officially who is the guy that they have they've officially introduced? Cheyenne. He's been living in Brazil for six years. Anna has a daughter. I did not know that. Cheyenne starts sweating. Okay. Hopefully that was honest. He said he loves kids. I hope that's honest. Because her child has never met any of her previous boyfriends. This is going to be a fun watch. Listening to the dubbing over these reactions is going to be just something that's going to be entertaining for me. It's going to become less distracting as time goes on and it's just, and just going to be funny and fun to watch. I do like the interesting color schemes of these pods. They're not just pink and blue, but they're like different colors and they're, you know, it's almost like Destiny's Child Say My Name themed. Like, it's really interesting. I wonder if they had, like, if if there was, like, a question on the form to try to get on this show, if they were claustrophobic. Because these pods don't seem very big, right? It seems like they're pretty small. So, I don't know how somebody with, you know, a space issue would do in one of these. Gabriella is weeding through these people, like... It ain't nothing. She picking them off one by one. Wow. Somebody said, do you like a man in uniform? And the lady on the other side responded, I like a man with character. I like her. They didn't show what her name was, but whoever she is, I hope we see more of her. Who is Tiago? I want to know who Tiago is. He is the Jason Momoa looking... And mind you, when I say this, I'm kind of speaking in references also that I think people will easily understand. Not necessarily things that I am necessarily categorizing, but I want people to like paint a picture because we are listening to a podcast and, you know, we're not 
watching this live. So you can't see the footage and you can't see what I see. And it's going to be hard for you guys to watch it with me. So, you know. Okay, Fernanda. I am feeling Fernanda. She looks badass. She has short hair. She has tattoos. Thiago lives in New Zealand. Fernanda is adopted and Tiago wants to adopt children. I think that's beautiful. I wonder what a beauty artist is. They have Fernanda's job description listed as beauty artist. I wonder if that's just like strictly a makeup artist or if that's like an image consultant. Mac David. I love his hair. He has freeform locks and I think they're dyed green or it's the lighting that's reflecting off of his hair that's reading green. Because at some points his hair has looked green at the tips. I'm genuinely wondering if this voice acting is going to distract from me engaging in the drama that's going to happen on this show. I don't think it is. I think it's just going to make it more funny, but so interesting to listen to and i think i lied i think the pods are just strictly green and blue from what i'm seeing because the pods we get yep they're strictly green and blue so i take that back i thought that they were different colors at first and it's just the highlights from the uh from the cuts and crivets in the room they made it look like it was different colors but the girls pods are green and the boys pods are blue I wonder if this show, if you're a couple and you watch this show, let me know if you watch this show with your significant other and if watching the people go through these pods gives you questions to ask each other in your relationships. Like, how do you think about, like, how do you feel about this? What do you think about that? I wonder if these are even voice actors. Are these just computer generated dubs? What if these are computer-generated dubs? What if these are just computer-generated dubs and they just have male and female voices in different tones and inflections just transcribing these real people on this reality show? I don't like that. I don't like that because I don't understand why a person would read something so monotonely and give it no emotion and no inflection. Like, I don't understand why a person would make that choice, especially when we're talking about real people that they're vocalizing. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. I'm starting to think these are just computer generated people at this point. I wonder what Rod Rodrigo describes or defines as eccentric. What is an eccentric guy to Rodrigo? I love Diane's earrings. In her confessional specifically, I don't like her earrings in the pods. The, her gold hoop in the her gold hoops in the pods I don't like, but her earrings in the confessional is beautiful. What? Tell me more about your story. What were you saying? Diane works at a bank. I wonder what the steps were in that self-discovery journey that led her to come to this realization that this was the show that she wanted to try to find love. 
That's interesting. I wonder what in her self-discovery journey opened her up to possibly doing this experience. I'd love to hear what that was. How much do you guys place value on astrological signs and charts when it comes to being in relationships? I'm really going to talk to um, Tasha and Emma from House of Bravo podcast. And I'm going to talk to them about this because they really broke down a lot of things for me when it came to my career and the way that I was handling, you know, or the way that I should be handling the things coming up for me in business. And I would love to get their take when it comes to my relationship and see how they feel. Because hearing people talk about their astrological signs and relationships has become so cliche that I wonder if people really should be paying more attention and really kind of be like trying to understand that process more and fully getting the gravity of their chart. Because they could really be missing out on pivotal information that could be, you know, helping them navigate who they should and shouldn't be dating. Especially in this process. If you were going on Love is Blind in any country, tell me if you would be willing to or tell me if that would be a big focus for you. And if you're like someone who focuses on astrology and all of that stuff, tell me how much that plays into your relationships and how much of a focus you would put on that when it comes to the pods. I wonder if these episodes are going to go in hyperspeed like the episodes in the pods for the American version because it seems like so much happens in the American version in the pods. It seems like it's a whole movie in one episode when it comes to the pods. And then when they get out of the pods and they get into the vacation, then all of a sudden it slows down and it starts to become a more evenly paced reality show. But it seems like the pods goes in hyperspeed, which I guess they don't have much of a choice because it's like 60 people going through 10 days of dating, trying to narrow it down to couples that are actually getting engaged and getting married and then focusing that down on the people who actually do have connections. That makes sense that it does kind of go in hyperspeed, but it does seem like so much happens in the pods in each episode. Once again, they're saying that people are already showing their preferences, specifically the women. But that makes me ask, if you were going on this experiment, would you talk about the people you were attracted to to the other people who were also dating that person? That just that just that raises so many questions for me. It makes me want to know what is actually going on, because I don't know if I would want to be listening to that. But then but then again, on the other side of that, it also makes me think like, well, would I want to know how much connection that people are making with other people? But how much can you trust that source? Because they could be hyping it up. Like these people could easily be hyping it up and making it seem like it's more than what it is to the people in the lounge so that they don't go after these people when they're really not having a relationship with them at all. They're just trying to narrow them down. Television. See, this is the part about Love is Blind being a reality show that always leads me to the conflictions here and leads me to doubting. Because do I think that this social experiment could work in the real world? Absolutely. I think that this social experiment could work. I've seen crazier things happen, right? But however, I do think that wrapping this social experiment in a reality show taints the experiment a little bit. 
and it kind of takes the authenticity out of it because there are people who I strongly believe not necessarily in this cast that I recognize so far but but I'm just saying in in general sense who come on this show to be on reality tv and not necessarily to find love especially now with love is blind being such a big ass hit oh my gosh thank you for explaining that I never knew that See, they didn't explain this or either I missed it on the American version. They just basically clarified that from the second day on, you only talk to the people with who you matched, right? So now that takes the number of people that you're having dates with from the entire um, second half of the cast to whoever it is you make a connection with. Now, I wonder how that plays into... That is an interesting... That makes perfect sense now. That weeds down the cast a lot. Because if you didn't make that many matches, then that means you're not going to be on the show that long. And if you made a lot of matches, then you're going to be on the show very long. Hence, Barnett in season one of the American version, they showed him on several dates, like almost throughout the entire time on the pods. And then it narrowed down to Jessica and Amber at the end. But I'm glad that they clarified that because that is a question that I've had for a while is like, how do they determine the dates after the first day or like after the first couple days? Like how many days do they give them to establish the connections? And then how are the dates established from then on? Especially when people have connections with more than one person. How do you schedule that out? I'd love to know that. Anna and Cheyenne. You know what's crazy about this show is that, well, not even crazy about this show, listening to this show dubbed is that we're supposed to believe the, the, the connections that these people are making solely based on their voice and solely about, about the things that they're talking to. But I now fully believe that we're listening to computer generated voices dub these voices. So now we're supposed to believe the authenticity of real people through robotic voices. That is crazy. That is fucking insane. That is meta as fuck. Yo, shout out to the red pill. Thank y'all for going with me on on this experiment because this is going to be a hell of a journey. I hope that y'all are enjoying it so far. Let me know what you think. Cheyenne and Anna are on a date right now. Let's see what they're talking about. So Anna and Cheyenne are shaking based on the fact that they were hoping that they got in the date together. Wait, I'm confused. Why are they shaking? Wait, why can't you believe it? Y'all matched with each other. So that's interesting. So after the second day, they match you. They put you in the pods only with people who you matched with. But they still don't tell you who you're in the pods with. So you don't even know who you're going into the pods with. It's still blind. Pun intended, I guess. Until... That's interesting. So you don't even know who you're going to the dates with out of the people who you matched with, which makes perfect sense because that's how Shane in what season two, that's how Shane in season two kept getting fucking, uh, what's your face is confused. Damn. The way that they organize this shit is so confusing. I guess it's to keep people on their toes, but it's like, it also kind of makes it 
once again, I guess the reality show part of the social experiment, they want to try to keep people on their toes and rattled as possible. But you would think that you would want them in as comfortable and even thought processes as, as possible so that they would make the make the most clear headed decisions. But once again, that's probably not how reality TV works in any country. So Cheyenne didn't want to tell or didn't want to open up about him being Persian because he didn't want to be judged as somebody who's possibly like violent or war driven. Wow. That is interesting. I would. Wow. He's talking about how he's being judged for where he's from because he feels like he's considered a terrorist because he's Persian or because, well, not, well, he never used the word terrorist, but he feels like they believe in war or he's, he's going to be judged for that. And the place where he's from is not about that. And they don't believe in that. And he's talking about how, where he's from is a, is, is a peaceful place. And wow, that's, that's insane. So Anna and Shane is the big connection of the first episode. And I'm just going to place it based on like how we see them going. Like they're going to be the big connection for the season. And that's going to be the first major couple that we're going to follow. Anna and Shane. Because that's usually how this works. She knows day two. She don't want nobody else but Cheyenne. Damn. It's giving very Lauren and Cameron. And I love that. No shade. It's so interesting. Like, how much, how seriously would you take somebody saying they're your number one after only one day? Mind you. You only have 10 days to get, in, to get engaged, right? So I think that, that that still applies on this side of the experiment when it comes to the international versions as well. It's still 10 days. So knowing that, that you have 10 days, how, how important would it be to you that somebody considers you their, their, num, their number one after only one day? I wonder. Okay, so we are back and where I left off on season one, episode one is Fernanda and Mac David just decided to be each other's number one after day one. And it was raising the question for me is like, how valid would you feel somebody choosing you as their day one would be or somebody choosing you as as number one on their list after just one day? But considering that you only have 10 days like how valid would it be like how much does that weigh it it, it it raises the question for me like what would you focus on when it comes to relationships like what would you be thinking about most going into the pod would you be thinking about getting to know what type of person 
each person that you're dating is? Would you be trying to get to know each each person's character, who they are as a person, their moral fiber? Or would you be trying to get to know their values when it comes to relationships? Like, how do you get to know all of that within that short amount of time? Especially when you're dating multiple people, trying to get to know that much information in a short amount of time. That is interesting to me. Do I feel like it could happen? Yes. But I would love to have a conversation with somebody who's gone through the process so that they can talk themselves through it. Because I would love to hear how people approach going into the pods to try to weed through the people who they're dating in that amount of time. So, so far we have Anna and Cheyenne. We have Mac David and Fernanda. And we have Rodrigo and Diane. I feel like I just said somebody twice. Did, did, did I just say Diane twice? We have Anna and um Anna and Shit. Who did Anna connect with? Anna and Cheyenne, Mac David and Fernanda, and then Diane and Rodrigo. Okay, there we go. Those are our three main connections so far. Diane has a really nice earring collection. That's a really random thing to, to say about somebody, but I've seen Diana with a few different pairs of earrings and she wears really nice earrings. Diane says that she has a tendency to arouse jealousy in others. I don't know how to take that statement. And that probably, somebody would probably hear me say that and say that that makes me sound like a jealous bitch. But I don't know how to take that. Like, what does that mean? Do you mean that you arouse jealousy in in other women? Do you arouse jealousy from the men that you date because you're an attractive person who attracts people? Like, what does that mean exactly? Because, you know, not to be stereotypical, but isn't everybody hot in Brazil? That is... Mm. Mm, that's a that's a really that that that's a really interestingly worded statement. I tend to arouse jealousy in other people. That's very interestingly worded. I love Diane's tattoos. Diane has very tribal tattoos and she has a lot of very like significant and like specific tattoos that I really love. I genuinely, it genuinely makes me wonder, like, how, what is coming out? How long are these dates? That's something I really need to know, because how are people falling in love in one day? How are people having these strong, intense connections? There's only 24 hours in a day. How many dates are you going on, and how long are these dates that you're developing these intense conversations with what looks like to be very simple and, like, basic conversations that you would have in any dating situation? So it really confuses me why these situations are becoming so intense after 24 hours and you don't even get to spend the full 24 hours with the person. That is what is, in that's what's so intense to me. Like th that is so interesting because this is only day two. It's only day two. Tiago is having a very strong connection to Fernanda immediately. And 
this is coming after Fernanda has already decided that she is going to be number one with Mac David. You know what I just realized? I've been trying to figure out who Fernanda looks like um, for this entire episode. Fernanda has been giving me somebody very specific for this entire episode, and I couldn't remember who it is, and it just hit me. If you watch America's Next Top Model, do you remember the winner, McKee? She won Cycle 11. She looks just like her. Like, her and Fernanda could be, like, cousins even like sisters who maybe don't ha- don't have the same dad but what but the mom has really strong genes like they even have the same haircut that she got in her makeover of course i don't know if mckee still has the same haircut or 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 you know whatever but fernanda in this episode is reminding me of mckee from america's next top model so easily Oh, Tiago was going into this like full throttle. He said, I don't give a damn who you connected with. I'm shooting my shot at you because I connected with you and nothing else matters. That is on period. Tiago is full blown crying. I would love to hear more of Tiago's story because he is fully invested in Fernanda after one day and it is truly begging the question of what is the full extent of their conversation? I need to know because he is having this immense reaction to Fernanda right now to the extent of tears. How is Fernanda going to handle this? Because she already agreed to be number ones with Mac David. What the hell is... What the hell is Tiago going to do? Mac David knew that Tiago was the other person that Fernanda was connecting with. Is Matt David really just going to give up like that? Damn. Tiago was full-blown crying over Fernanda right now. And it cuts to Fernanda's com- confessional. And she's like, Mac is the one I think I'm going to go with. He makes me feel safe. He makes me feel secure. He's the one that I'm riding with. He's the one that I care about. Damn. Savage. Wow. So. Wow. So we find out that Anna's baby daddy basically ran off on her because he was scared of the commitment of raising a child. And then he tried to come back and she didn't trust him anymore and she didn't love him anymore. So she couldn't continue the relationship. Good for you, girl. I wouldn't have been able to to, to continue that either because how do you trust somebody that runs out not on you, but on your child? That's the hard shit right there. I keep hearing them say that they don't want to talk to anyone else. And it always makes me wonder, does that mean like you're not actually talking to anyone else? Like, are you not having dates with anyone else in the pods? Like, what if you're not having any other dates with anybody else in the pods? Because that's the only person that you want to connect with. Yet the person who you're connected with is still dating other people in the pods. Are you okay with that? Like, are you okay with that? Like, just like, like... Do you ask to be monogamous? Like, how does that work in the pods? Like, how does the how does a full-blown relationship happen in 10 days? Like, I need to know. Because do I feel like it could happen? Yes, but I just need to know the logistics. This is my Virgo Virgoing. 
really. This is really just me being really overly analytical about this because I want to know the specifics. And for some reason, I have watched every single episode of Love is Blind, the American version so far. I watched all of season three and then went back and watched all of season one and all of season two. And for some reason, watching the first episode of Love is Blind Brazil is giving me all of these questions. Like, I never thought of any of these questions until I started watching Love is Blind Brazil. Well, not none, well, not any of these questions, but a lot of these questions I never thought of until I started watching this one. And I wonder if it's just the logistics of this or what. Now, mind you, of course, the dubbing questions I, I wouldn't have had because the American versions aren't dubbed. But I just, uh, I, 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 it's interesting how watching a Love is Blind show set in a different, set in a different country makes me all of a sudden question the entire process. Because up until watching this first episode, I was completely invested in the Love is Blind process. I was like, of course I would do it. I think it could work. If I were to ever get divorced, I think it would work. I, I would totally go and do it, blah, blah, blah. I would totally, you know, try it out and see what happens. But then as I'm watching Love is Blind Brazil, it makes me question everything. And I don't know why. Maybe it's a different day. Maybe I just got swept up in the entire process. I don't know. But it just seems like watching this happen and me reacting to these specific people in the pods make me question the entire process. And I don't know if it's the process or if it's the people. Genuinely making me raise questions. That is so funny. When Mac David walked into the pod, he closed the door, the entire pod shaked. Or it shook. It's not shaked. Oh my God. The entire pod shook. Like we saw the entire thing. That is funny. Uh oh. He just entered in with Fernanda and he does not seem happy. Oh, Mac is not happy. Oh, they call these the booths on Brazil. They don't call them the pods. They call them the booths. I have questions for Mac David because he finna fuck around and lose Fernanda because he finna give up on her just because somebody else is talking about how in love he is with her. But how do you know that she's facilitating the, the same things? See, this is part of the reason why it would be hard for me to take what somebody else is saying in the pods is valid because it would be like, how am I supposed to really consider that when you don't even know how the other person feels? Just like in this situation, Tiago is, is in love with Fernanda to the point of tears, yet Fernanda is saying that Mac David is the one that's making her lean towards this experiment or... or, or Mac David is the one that she's leaning towards in this experiment. And he's sitting here bitching and moaning about somebody else. And he finna fuck around and miss his girl because he worried about what some other man is thinking. See, this is the complications when it comes to talking about who you fucking with. This is part of the reason why I wouldn't say anything. Because I would be like, listen, that 
it ain't none of y'all business what I got going on with who. The only thing that matters is who I'm connected with and whatever goes on with us is what, what goes on with us. Now, mind you, there may be... Now, I would be listening to what other people say who, who, who talk about their business and catch the red flags from what other people say, but I don't have to have a conversation with you to catch the red flags. I can just listen to what other people are saying about their connections with you and decipher from that because I just, I just don't want to put it out there. It just seems like it's too much because it's complicating this situation and it seems like they're gonna miss out on each other because either she's playing games or he's really insecure or it could be a combination of both. I think the fact that Mac David finds it so hard to believe that Fernanda put him first shows a blatant line of insecurity. Like, I get that the fact that Tiago was so adamant about being in love with her could raise a question of damn what type of connection do they have but the fact that it made it qu the fact that it made you question your your connection with Fernanda so heavily is what bothers me like why is it that just because he's having a connection with her why is it automatically stronger than your connection with her they're in like y'all are in this experiment to date multiple people so it's not crazy for one person to have connections with multiple people that shouldn't be the breaker for you do you get what I'm saying? It just seems like... I don't know. Especially when Fernanda came in this booth and chose him. That's the craziest part for me is he walked in here hot. He was like, now wait a minute, bitch. You not finna come up in here and play with my motherfucking feelings. He ain't call her a bitch. But I'm just saying like he came in so adamant and like was expecting her to explain herself. And she's like, dude, we were like, we're dating other people. Like we're going to connect with other people. But at the end of the day, I put you first. Like that sucks for Tiago and all that he's feeling. But dude. I'm glad they cleared that up. Because it just seemed like Matt came in there so upset and so blatantly ready to just give up on this whole situation. And it was like, dude, chill out. Like, go in there and have a conversation with her. But don't go in there and confront her about some shit that's natural that she's supposed to be doing. She's supposed to be dating other people. But you got to be secure in what you have going on with her. Like... Your initial security in that relationship was what made her choose you in the first place. Are you finna come up in there and snap off on her? Calm down, bruh. Don't go in there and say nothing. You better not go in these pods and say, or you better not go in this lounge and say nothing. Calm down. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Mac is in here being vague as fuck. And he said, oh boy, good, good always wins. And he asked him, did he know what he meant by that? And the dude said, yeah, I know what you mean by that. Damn. That's right. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Let her break up with him. Let, let, let her break up with him. Don't cause no damn drama in them damn lounges. Let her break up with him. Good always wins. Yes, you will. Somebody else is playing the, playing the ukulele. Do they just have these ukuleles laying around the lounges? Or is this somebody who just genuinely plays the ukulele and brought it with them? Do they ask you during the casting process, do you play the ukulele? Like, what is that about? Oh my God. It still popped off. 
I told you to keep that shit to yourself, MacWild. MacWild. Mac. Uh. Uh. Whatever your name is, Matt. Maybe that was his truth, though. Maybe that was his truth. Maybe he thought that they connected stronger than what they did. Maybe he's getting a reality check right now. He's saying that it's not a competition. Listen, Mac just said that it's not a competition. And I'm not saying that it is a competition. But I am saying that Love is Blind is listed under the competition category on Netflix. I am saying that. So you may want to ask somebody at Netflix, is this a competition? Because it kind of is. Let's move on. I just don't understand why Mac is so upset and why Mac is so in his feelings. At the end of the day, what Tiago feels has nothing to do with you. At the end of the day, all you need to worry about is what Fernanda feels about you. Like, this is the... this is. Sorry about that. My alarm to get my eight-year-old off of the school bus just went off and it cut the audio, but I forgot to turn it off because she starts her after-school tutoring program today. So uh, I don't have to get her off the bus right now. But as I was saying, this is that part of this social experiment being wrapped in a reality show that I was worried about because Tiago could very well have been having a real emotional reaction or he could have just been playing all of this shit for cameras and playing an Andrew Yu from season one or whatever and pulled all that bullshit like or from season three or whatever and pulled all that stupid ass shit with the fucking eye drops like this like that could have been an eye drops moment you know what I'm saying Tiago pulling all of that so while I can understand Matt calling him out and being like what you said could could be fake it could not be fake all of this is happening in the midst of 48 hours. So it's crazy for you to go into it and address him as your friend and address him as this and address him as that. Like like, like, like y'all have history. You have just as much history with him as you do with her. So honestly, you should just go in with an equal approach to everybody, which is monotone and un and unemotional and just figure out how you're going to navigate based on what each person tell you and and based on your gut instincts because like i said people could be in here playing television and that's what it looks like some people could be in here doing either fernanda could be could be in here being a player and just telling people what they want to tell them or tiago could be playing games but mac is a little too invested in the wrong things and it, and it's coming off like he's insecure and i don't really like that for him because i want him it seems like he's truly invested in this process however it seems like he's really insecure and he's gonna fuck around and get his heart broken because he's invested in the wrong shit and he's gonna blow up at the wrong stuff it seems like he needs to pull back a bit and just focus on what he needs to be focused on which is fernanda and place his bet on is this situation right for him because at the end of the day he done matched with her at, at this point so it's like dude focus on your girl and let him let tiago get placed in second place like he was jeez back to diane and rodrigo i didn't know falafel was a jewish food 
Thank you, Rodrigo, for teaching me that because I had no idea. Rodrigo is Jewish, and he and Diane asked him what uh, Jewish food is his favorite, and he said like falafel. That that's a basic food. What about cleavage? Cleavage. Oh, she asked him if there was anything that she should be worried about with Jewish people as far as the way that she dressed. And he was basically saying, like, you can't go to the go to the synagogue with, like, a whole bunch of cleavage exposed. I appreciate that she is so invested in learning about Jewish culture because she wants to not only adapt to the culture of her husband, but also help manage the navigation of her children. So Diane is worried about the fact that she came from a more modest background and the fact that, you know, she was the first person to graduate college in her family. And, you know, Rodrigo's family is all artists. Her her mom, his mom is a painter. And then and instead of the third, she was worried about that playing a part on her being accepted into his family. Right. And he clarified for her like that plays no part in, part for him because he cares about the person. He doesn't care about her background or where she's from and all of that stuff. I appreciate that he clarified that for her because I was sitting here thinking as she was saying that I was like, what does family have to do with it? But then I thought about it and I was like, well, family has a lot to do with it, according to a lot of people. But um, I do see how somebody could feel like, oh, they're not good enough for your family. Like and all of this stuff. I just, I just, I'm not personally familiar with that, but I do get exactly where that could come from and how that influence could play a major part. So I'm glad that they're getting to some real questions because I love when people get to the real like life questions with like when they talk, when they start talking about what's going to happen on the outside of here. I love that. Oh, we're getting our first proposal. Looks like Cheyenne is about to propose to Fernanda. Or Anna. Cheyenne is about to propose to Anna. Excuse me. Let me pause to be a pig really quick. Because they keep flashing back to Cheyenne's confessional. And he has his shirt unbuttoned just ever so slightly. And he has his sleeves of his shirt rolled up. And he is so hairy. And it is so sexy to me. He is already very attractive. Cheyenne is already very, very attractive. Right? But he is covered in this smooth curly looking body hair it is just so sexy oh my god i cannot take it he is so hot Whew. so many emotional men in brazil i love that we, we've seen a few men cry in just the first episode it's awesome oh cheyenne wants to sing to her in persian That's so beautiful. I'm so glad they didn't have the damn computer bot try to damn dub the damn song. That was beautiful. We're getting our first proposal, Anna and Cheyenne. Aw, she said yes! She said yes! We got our first proposal! Love in booth 10. That's so sweet. That takes me back to season two when the guys went on their um, went on their bachelor party to the baseball arena and it had their numbers up next to their names. And I was wondering if that was their pod number. It probably was their pod number. 
They said that their story happened in Booth 10. Oh, that's so sweet. On a lighter note, Anna's outfit is so cute. These booties with these rolled up high-waisted jeans and this just plain white button-up shirt, gorgeous. And then to modernize it with pearl earrings instead of a pearl necklace, ah. Oh. In the words of Dorit Kemsley, so chic. Congratulations to Anna and Cheyenne. These doors are so fake. Once again, listening to the dubbing be nowhere near as exciting as the woman who is jumping up and down, having a fucking fit, and listening to this monotoned ass computer talking about, guess who just got proposed to? While she is literally jumping up and down, arms flailing, curls falling out of tact. So fucking funny. Is Rodrigo gonna propose to Diane? Is that gonna happen? Is that what we're doing? Are we getting two proposals in one episode? Hello? It's me. Listen, Diane looks strong enough to break that damn wall, honey. That was weird. Rodrigo, you just killed the whole mood with the rabbit nickname, bro. Especially after talking about sex in bed and then saying that your nickname is Rabbit. I'm glad that the editors knew the knew to put like the screech music on. It was like, wait a minute, not Rabbit. Not after we talking about you busting it down and you talking about Rabbit? And then the dance was terrible. It was like, bruh, that's not, that's not attractive. How did you get the nickname Rabbit, first of all? Like, why would you get that nickname? Like, is it because of that dance? Because of it's because of that dance? I hope that you don't fuck Diane like that. Okay, we're at the first reveal. Anna and Cheyenne are about to meet for the first time. Anna is overwhelmed. She is full of emotion. I love these earrings. Yes, Anna, you better say that shit. She said that I hope he likes me for who I am because I can't be more than this. Yes, God, bitch. You better tell his ass. Okay, they're gonna cut to the end and they're just gonna do the oh, do the reveal on the next episode. Okay, so they're basically just doing a next on what we're gonna see on, see on the next episode, blah, 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 blah. One thing I will say after the first episode, there are a lot less black people at the end of this. Um, in the beginning, when I saw the first introduction, when the couple came out, when Cleb and um, Camilla came out and talked about what they can expect from the show, most of the men were like black. Do you get what I mean? Like, mind you, they're in they're in Brazil, but whatever, brown, blah blah blah. But there were so many men sitting on that couch that looked like me. And in this first episode, I only saw one. Right? We saw glimpses of the other black men in the room or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We saw glimpses of them. But I'm hoping, and we only, and we saw none of the women of color. 
right? Now, I'm not going on this show to jump on Lauren Speed Hamilton's campaign, but however, I will say that she was not wrong to bring up that observation. And in me mentioning it at the beginning of the episode, I did feel it prudent for me to mention at the end of the episode how many of the black people I recognized at the beginning versus the end. Even going back into the lounges, I didn't see a lot of the dark-skinned, like, men of color, 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 black men that I saw in the beginning. It was very interesting how that process works out. But, however, this was a very interesting first episode. I've had a great time. I am excited to share it with you, and I hope that, that, that you guys enjoy this process with me. I'm going to continue recapping. Next episode is going to be season one, episode two of Love is Blind Brazil. And let me know what you guys think. Let me know how you guys feel. Um, if you're a Love is Blind super fan and you want to come on and you want to chat with me, please hit me in the DMs. Go to Real Reality Realness right now and hit me up. Let me know. Or if the Instagram has changed by then because foreshadowing, there may be some changes by the time that this show comes out. Go to my personal Instagram, Sean Ellis Rogers, and DM me and let me know what you think and let me know your suggestions. And if you want to come on as a super fan of Love is Blind, come on and chat with me. If you like the international episodes, let me know. Come on. Let's have a conversation. Send me all the love. Send me all the critiques. Let me know who were your favorites from this first season and let me know if you're excited for season two because Love is Blind Brazil and Love is Blind Japan both got renewed for a second season. So we're going to be here for a while. We, we, we have 10 episodes of Love is Blind Brazil and I think we have 10 episodes of Love is Blind Japan as well. So I appreciate you guys for being here. Thank you for taking this ride with me. I have I love you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Make sure you're subscribed. Stick around. Follow me on Instagram. I just thank you for taking blind love abroad with me. This has been so much fun. I love doing every single one of these podcasts. Make sure you check out my other shows. Real Reality Realness. Housewives History with Megan and Sean. Um, make sure you check out... Uh, two pods, four walls, my podcast with CJ, the housewife collector on the American version of Love is Blind, where we go all the way back to the beginning, season one, episode one, and watch Love is Blind up until where we are now. So, like I said, follow me on Instagram at Sean Ellis Rogers. You'll be able to find everything there. And if it's still real reality, realness, by the time this goes up, go there you'll be able to find everything everything there but that'll eventually become the hub for all the podcasts so i may be changing the name of the instagram page to further reflect the hub for all the shows that i have going on right now anyway thank you so much for being here love you bye see you on the next episode until next time peace Blind Love Abroad. First episode down. See y'all next time. Bye.